Welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. Today, we are answering frequently asked questions by real estate rookies. Put that coffee down. If you're good at something, never do it for free. How'd you get the gig? Oh, you know, they were hiring. It was only a two-week course. I will sell this house today. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, guys. Uh, so a few weeks ago, we did an episode about why new agents fail. And this is kind of a follow-up episode to that one. The backstory, and and to our listeners, Matt and Jer have no idea. We didn't know uh, what the show topic was going to be. Was, this, is, this was a secret <laughs> show topic. but We didn't do our homework this week, Matt and I. But um, the reason this is a follow-up is an agent I know in Toronto listened to our Why New Agents Fail uh, podcast, and he thought it was great, and he runs a Real Estate Rookies in Toronto Facebook group. Oh, T-Dot. And he posted the episode in this Facebook group. (laughs) And it got a lot of good comments, and he invited me to the group. So he said, hey, you guys should watch this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or, totally. Or listen. No, he, he posted the um, the clip you made, the full, the oh, video, the full clip. episode. And then he also had a link to download it. That's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> but he sent me an invite to the group so that I could see the reactions that were happening. And it was it was good and a lot of like, oh, great, great advice and whatnot. But I, I trolled the group for... Um, other questions and I've made a list of all of the questions they've asked in the last like month oh and I thought it would be fun for us now some of these are going to be super easy some of these you're going to be like why are they <laughs> asking this question it's going to be um I think pretty fun and and pretty easy because these are all beginner agents so they're people who are brand new in the industry um but before we get into that what's going on guys I wanted to uh call back to a couple weeks ago it was a family day weekend here. Okay. So I was on vacation for like two and a half days and I got a call from a client who I'd sort of been going back and forth with for a while to think of getting started to buy. And he calls me on the long weekend. I take the call. Hey, how's it going? He's like, I finally got my approval from the bank so we can start doing stuff. Great. We should have a meeting then. We'll go over, talk about listings and we'll go see some stuff this week. He says, okay. But I'd mentioned I was out of town. So he says, well, I'll call you after the long weekend. Okay. Well, that's nice of you. I mean, we could book something now. He said, I'll call you after the long weekend. Okay. So then after the long weekend, Monday's a holiday. He calls me on Tuesday. I'm in a meeting, so I couldn't get back to him because the Tuesday was pretty full. Right. Pretty full day. We'd been doing stuff all day. So I didn't talk to him until about four o'clock. And he's like, oh, you're so busy today. And I was like, yeah, I was in a couple of like meetings like back to back. It was hard to get back to you. So uh, you want to schedule something for this week? He goes, oh, this week. I was hoping you'd see me tonight. And it's like four o'clock. I'm like, well, what time? He's like, well, I finish work at five. <laughs> See, if that was what he wanted, it would have been, he could have asked for that. He could have told me that on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, oh man, okay. Well, I just sort of was starting something, but yeah, I can see you at five. Like I'll, I'll, I'll be there at five. I'll, I'll see you then. So we go and I get there and I plug in, we start working. He's making small talk and he just kind of wants to be nice. And he's like, oh, so like, how's it going? Like, so like, what do you do? And I was like, oh, like, what do you mean? Like, like, what do I do for fun? He's like, no, like, what do you do for work? 
What? And I was like, oh, well, I, I do, I could do this. Like I'm helping people like getting ready for photos and the staging and I, and I show homes. And I was like, like, what do you mean? He's like, like, like all during the day, like, what do you do for work? Wait. Oh, interesting. <laughs> how did, uh, how did you come in contact with this person? This is a year or two ago and he saw yeah. a listing and he contacted me because I am a real estate agent and said, can you show me this listing? And we went and saw like four properties together. Maybe his experiences haven't been that this is a job for people. I think he thinks it's like not like a real job. Yeah. Okay. So you're the first for full-time real. Yeah. And he met. was like, so like what you, you've wow. been busy all day. Like what were you doing? You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you must have a big, important other job. That or it's just like a real, like low, like power move, like, but a subtle. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, I, I was doing real estate. Like this takes time, man. Like this, yeah, this is a full-time job. Right. <laughs> For a lot of people, it's a more than full-time job. Like, it it never ends. <laughs> it, wow. Yeah. Like, I took your call on the weekend. Yeah. And said, like, I'm taking a little vacation, but I'll see you immediately after the weekend. Right. It was a real eye-opener to realize, like, nice guy, didn't mean any harm by it, genuinely thought, like, it, wow, you've been busy. Clearly, you have another job because this real estate thing could only right. take a couple minutes out of each day. Makes sense. Then we got a deal done about a week later, and I spent a full two days trying to solve the problem of his deal, which is now done. Huh. (laughs) Yeah, wow. (laughs) That's amazing. Misconceptions. Yeah. I didn't know. Anyway, I played it. Maybe we can do a day in the life episode on what are the things that take the time. You know what? That might be a lot of fun, (laughs) actually. Um, But what's, what's been going on in your days of your lives? That was a terrible... Um, uh, <laughs> Matt got a new mouse. Um, we... Uh, not a lot of exciting things. Just, okay. Just work stuff and, you know, there's colds going around, I guess, around the whole globe currently. Yep. Yeah. The planet has a uh, has, has a, a cold. Has a sickness. We're yeah. trying to batch all of our photo shoots into like the sunny two days that are coming up because then we figure it's going to rain for another two weeks after. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Challenges pricing things because every week the price changes. Trying to know, it's weird because we're in a transition now with not, you know, you have some people that are pricing for multiples. Some people are just pricing fairly, but it's an attractive product Mm -hmm. that is getting multiples. Some people that don't have a plan in place to wait for offers. Some people that do. And just, you know, you when you see the listing come up now, you have to just answer right away, call them right away and be like, what is happening? Do you have a plan? Any are you, chance are you, are you feeling plan? still annoyed from the other day? Well, the other day was just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the I, new listing comes out. I send a message saying, like, I want to see this thing right away. But let's, it's like, can we see it tomorrow? Sure thing. And then at lunch, we get a, a message saying that, uh, so we just accepted an offer. Um, and it was a pretty desirable product. It had, you know, on the right yeah. side of the building, it had the three bedrooms and den. It had just kind of everything. A top floor of a wood frame, which most people want, like, checks a lot of the boxes. Um, I don't know. I think maybe it felt like maybe they had moved out or had really started to move out. So uh, perhaps the sellers were more eager, but it, you know, just one of those things. It's a, bit, it's a bit frustrating for a buyer, right? It's kind of the wild west when the market shifts because you've got agents who are pricing low with the purpose of creating a multiple offer. Right. And then you also have agents who are pricing low because they don't know the market has shifted. And I, I think we might be past it now, but the, that very first week the market shifted um, I had two accepted offers for buyers where they, by all rights, those realtors should have waited. 
they would have gotten multiple offers right. if they'd waited, but the agents just weren't on top of it. And when, when what you're describing happens, you're like, did the agent know that he had a really good product? Did he think he priced it low? Did he actually just not realize the market changed? There's so many things that can be happening right now in in a shifting market. Could it's be hard. fear that the economy's crashing and stock market and sure, this yeah. is the last weekend to sell a property or so strike while the iron's hot. Um, yeah, and I mean, like we we give advice to our clients when we do make a plan that let's give a, let's give everyone a chance to get through the property and that person that writes early on that first week or within the first couple of days, the, you know, chances are they're usually always there um, the following Monday or Tuesday, whenever you're looking at offers. Statistically. But, yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, sellers are totally entitled to change their mind and it's, yep. it's, it's hard. And I think just some people, you have a little bit of grace there, but sometimes it happens and the offer is just so crazy good that they can't, they can't say no to it. Yeah. What, what I think you hope is that the seller made an educated decision, not, Oh, the seller's agent was like this means I don't have to do the open house this weeks weekend. Behind the market and didn't realize. Yeah, you hope that they yeah. were weighing accurate facts yeah. that said well, this is really good or pretty good enough. And if you take it now, it just takes all the stress out of your world. Yeah. You know, maybe your buyer who wanted to know what your other job was, maybe he was really smart. And he was actually just testing you to see if you were a full-time agent. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you passed the test. You're like, no, this is what I did. He's like, all right, check. Okay. Because I think those part-time agents are the most likely ones to not realize. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not plugged in every day, when the market shifts, it's easy to miss it. To when all you're doing is just making your analysis based on looking at prices on yes. a piece of paper. Totally. That's not the full scope. Yeah. of what happened. When you hear stories like we just told, and you can relate them to specific neighborhoods, types yeah. of product, you start to build a, a much bigger knowledge base. Yeah. But that's things we know because we're not rookies. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm not ready to transition. That was a really good transition. Damn it, Jeff. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I'm out. I no, didn't, forget it. I didn't no. check in yet. Um, so I, I got back from the REMAX conference in Vegas Oh yeah, so that's Remax International Conference. Yeah, they that's the, all the, the whole planet. There were a lot of agents from Brazil, and those people party hard. <laughs> um, and they, and you can always spot them because they're all wearing Brazilian colors. <laughs> like, um, but I, I was speaking on a couple panels, and I'd never spoken on a panel before, and I didn't know how to prepare because when you're giving a talk, you can plan exactly what's going to happen. But these panels, there was no set list of questions. They were all. Um, one was being interviewed, but the other was just audience. Like the audience can, for an hour, the audience just asked. My flight got canceled and I had to wait at the airport for three hours. And I was so lucky because there were a couple other agents who were way bigger speakers than me, uh, Keith Roy and Taylor Hack, on the same flight. And so I got to pick their brains for like a good couple hours and, and like, Immediately, I'm like, give me advice, give me advice. And and one thing I thought was kind of interesting, um, the advice Taylor Hack gave was research the other people you're on in the panel and really early reference something they do that you like. So I was on the panel with this guy, Ricky Carruth, who's just this beast. He has like 280,000 followers on Instagram. When the, when I saw who he was, I'm like, what am I doing on this, on this panel? Like, but... Um, Immediately, my first question, I was like, well, what you're asking is kind of like what Ricky does. Have you ever noticed like he starts his videos this way? He says that. And I, I think it's intentional. He's not doing it by accident. His whole face lit up. And he's like, 
no, it's totally intentional. Like <laughs> everything's planned out. I, that's exactly why I do it. And like the rest of the hour, he just was spent the time like pumping my tires. <laughs> it was the best advice ever uh, from from Taylor Hack because like, and he we finished the pod uh, or the panel. And he was like, that was one of the best panels I've ever done. That was so much fun. <laughs> like, and I immediately sent Taylor a, like, oh, my God, yeah. thank you. That was such good advice. It's interesting because, like, as salespeople, we learn these things, right? Like, early on, when you go in on a listing appointment, you're looking for common ground. And if you see something that you like, like, it's nice to pay the seller a genuine compliment. And turns out that applies to other realtors as well. <laughs> we all, as human beings, just like uh, getting our tires pumped a little bit. Yeah, that Which, worked out. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, now I'm ready to transition. <laughs> now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. You decide your own level of involvement. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. Neither do I. Wrong. National debt. Wrong. 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 Advocate. Wrong. With that money, wrong. you lost. Wrong. Wrong. Very nice words, but happens to be wrong. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, are you guys ready for some rapid-fire questions? Some Good. of these will be interesting conversations. Some of these will be uh, really quick. I thought I'd start off with a nice and easy one for you guys because I know you guys have a good answer for this. Um, I'm listing an older home. Should I stage it or should I do virtual staging? And do I get my seller to pay for the staging? I feel like this is like, you know, the newlywed game or the the – engagement party game or something where you're supposed to like we should both be writing our answers down <laughs> sit, sit back to back and then see if like our answers oh, are the do we agree are we a fit for a team we should have done that beforehand actually. <laughs> god damn it so the 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 first thing I have to tackle because I, I got distracted once you said it's an older home yeah is what is context that? because to us in New West where we have right. homes yeah. that go back to the 1890s sure an or is old, it an 18 or yeah, 1980s? 1980s house. <laughs> and they're calling that old, right? 70s yeah. or 80s. So I imagine it just doesn't meet <laughs> modern aesthetic is what they're saying, right? So they're saying that the the shell they're working with mm-hmm. isn't that exciting. So should I stage it? I guess really is kind of, that's the, the guts it's of com- the question. It's complicated. Yeah, I think that that's yeah. a fair assumption. Yeah. I mean, if it's vacant, I guess the other question, I mean, I'm assuming the question means it's vacant. Yeah. And in which case the, the general answer is yes, it needs to be staged. Well, and, and especially the VR question. Okay. So that would only apply to a vacant home, I think. Right. Of course. Yeah. Yes. So VR virtual staging, if people haven't seen that, essentially they just superimpose a graphic image of furniture inside the house. Kind of cool. You can it, kind it doesn't of, look bad. I, I've never done it, but I've seen you it. You can tell in the photos when it is VR. Yeah. I find it annoying if people don't disclose that to the public. Right. You're supposed to. I almost want it on. The, it's not on the pictures. It almost should be on the photos. <laughs> yeah. Because I think is... that we see with some of our micro condos that people are manipulating even the scale of furniture. Yeah. Which I find oh, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. They shrink yeah, it to make totally. it look like it's going to fit when it like, totally Wow, there's doesn't. a nice bench at that the end. king size bed fits amazing <laughs> in this with, studio. With a, bench, with a bench at the end of the foot of the bed. Yeah. And you're like, you can barely walk around a queen size in right. that room. So let's not go into this like crazy deep. But Rookie Agent is asking this question. The reason is I don't want empty homes because, and Jeff, you know this, we've said it over and over on the show, is that human beings who aren't experienced with this can't envision rooms. Empty rooms look smaller to people. I don't know why, but it's true for sure. How many times has somebody said to you, Matt, my bed won't fit here? It won't fit in here. You're like, it's a bedroom. It's built to fit your bed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I will prove it to you. Yeah. 
but come on. Yeah. And living rooms, my couch will never fit in here. So I always pace it out, yeah. you know, and show people. So inherently you need physical stuff in, in the home. Uh, the next phase of the question, Jer, seller pay for it. How do you get it done? It's, it's extremely expensive. So, um, unless you're, and it can be depending on your market, like you're in it, you get that furniture there. There's a, it's going to be a cost associated with getting it there and everything. And, and maybe it, I don't know how they work in, in Toronto, but, but usually there's a monthly rental. Um, it's fairly consistent. Um, so the longer that, that, that listing sits, that's, you, I, you I totally not, yeah. set you up for the slam dunk here, by the way, you, you can for, take it if you want. For staging? No. Yeah. The, for who pays for it? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Don't. You shouldn't be paying for it unless you're, I mean, Matt and I have furniture that we put in properties. That I thought was good advice because I, you guys are one of the few agents I know, and I don't do this, but I think it's, it's good advice to an agent of, you guys have built up a furniture collection of things that you can bring. We, we know the annoyance of putting the furniture in there. Like it is a lot of work for us, but we do, we, we see the value in it. Um, Yeah. But yeah. How how do you guys store it? (laughs) (laughs) currently uh, because inventory is just down right now normally it's in people's properties right Um, we we uh, try to move it from one listing to another it just never it it should always be in migration yeah (laughs) yeah we try to we try to line it up that way right now a lot of it's in jeremy's garage and and then another chunk of it is in my basement okay so we store it ourselves we tend to kind of make it work we're getting a little overloaded right now so we're going to unload a little bit but we we do charge for it so we charge more than our base commission if we're going to provide staging service, but we, which seems it, fair. They'd be, if they were paying an actual stager, they'd pay an arm and a leg they'd for pay that far stuff. Far more than they pay us. Yeah. But they are getting less as in this, in the staging service from us than they would get right. from a stager, but it works out. Can we take the risk? They get it for a longer term. If you're going to hire a staging company, I see value in that, but you want to talk to your seller and say, can we, we should, it's going to be expensive upfront. One month rental is kind of what we want to try to target, but that means that your asking price should be something that likely gets you sold within a month. Right. So let's try to do it that way. Seller should pay for it. Agent should not. Okay. You know, uh, unless it's virtual staging, fold that into your commission. Well, yeah. Um, that's just for, for pictures though, like digital stuff. Um, I think the other side too, the question is if like we're dealing with older homes, like, are you thinking that this is going to spruce it up because it kind of just looks like crap inside. Is someone going to tear this house down? Like knowing the buyer for the property, knowing who's, who's going to be buying this. What are they seeing? Like, I'm not hiding. Are they going to fall in love with the retro record record player? (laughs) Most of the staging companies kind of have like modern ish furniture. They might have some sort of mid century pieces if it's a bit older, but, but it might just look weird too. The aesthetic might be, be strange. Yeah. But if anybody's planning on moving in, I'd say put furniture into your point though. If you think it's mostly more just sort of a teardown. Yeah. Might not be worth all the hassle. Okay. Next question. Now, this one, I think the answer is... Can I ask is, you a question? Can I ask your notes? No, that's not how this game works. Um, yeah, you can ask me a question later if you want, but I got one right now. Okay. Um, this is going to be different here, but let's answer it for BC. Can I represent two buyers, both interested in the same property? Ooh, rookie agent really thinking they're going to be doing big things. <laughs> yeah, this this is a rookie rock star agent. <laughs> yeah. uh, short answer is no. Yeah. I mean, the rules are complicated. Uh, we When we start working with buyers now, we do tell them. We kind of, we, we warn them. We say, you know, there's situations where we may end up having two clients who are interested in the same property and we can't represent both of you. But if that happens, it's only after you've both seen the home and decided that you both still want to pursue it. And the odds of that happening are actually quite low. And do you want to explain why? Yeah. So there's a conflict of interest, of course, that as one individual agent, I'm trying to help both of them succeed. And how can I possibly give them yeah. both 
the same opportunity to succeed. It just doesn't doesn't work. Now, in that situation, when you're explaining it to them, do you say, um, like my method is, whoever says they're writing first, I will represent because I've already started. And then do you just say you'll refer the other one to Jeff? Or? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I've actually never mentioned the first bit because, frankly, it still hasn't happened to me since the rules have changed. I, I haven't actually had it happen. I've had people talk about, but never never go into the same condo and be like, yeah, that's the one. It's only ever happened to me once in my career. And they were both people who I had very long-term relationships with. And so they knew how I handled giving advice to make an offer. Right. And they were both just really comfortable proceeding because they're like, we know. And this this was back when you could do dual agency? Yeah. 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 This is like six years ago. Yeah. And they were both very happy with it. They're like, that's fine. Like, we know the advice you're giving us. And, yeah. you know. Um, it, it's actually a really deep level up. of trust there too, but it yeah. fi- I find that when it does kind of arise, it's like potential. Like we have it often where there's the potential you see your property come up and you're like, this works for like three of our people. <laughs> but with the ultimately at the end of the day, they're like, no, I wish it was faced the, like, the, you know, they just, they find, they, f- they find they a way out. So like. I don't really set it, set the stage for, I, I just say, if it comes up, we're going to talk about it. We're going to make sure you're comfortable and you're treated fairly. We'll find a solution you're happy with. And cool. I just leave it at that because the possibility, the likelihood of actually getting there is so low. Yeah. So that, that's my advice to a rookie agent is of course, be prepared to have a conversation, but deal with it when it comes up. Yeah. Show the property and you'll find out that more often than not, one of them backs out. Yeah, for sure. And if not, refer it to Jeff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So this next one, Jer, I'm going to ask you, mm-hmm. um, and you, <laughs> I feel like you guys aren't even going to believe that this is a real question, <laughs> but, um, but it was, so this is an easy one. Oh, no. Uh, there are three separate people on title. What do I do for signatures? Do I have to chase them? All over town. <laughs> um, there's a, a software solution. Um, if you can electronic signatures. A fascinating question to think that like, well, that's a lot of people. Can I just get one of them? Maybe just two of them to sign. If I just get two out of three signatures, like I'm good legally, well, I'm, right? I'm wondering how this question happened. There, there's two parts. Part one is don't be lazy. We have, first of all, we have electronic signature programs. But second of all, if your client, like you are being paid $10,000 on average. And I know Toronto commissions, they charge higher commissions yeah. than we do. Do your job. Get in your car. If, if they can't electronically sign, yes, you have. You are selling their property. Everybody has to sign. But the other thing I wondered about was our contracts have two lines. For yeah, for sellers, and I wonder if they were just like, ah, uh, what do I do? Well, the question was, do I have to run all over chasing? Them? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> that sounds totally like a rookie agent, though. Like, this is like a lot of work. Yeah. Like, how am I supposed to do my other job? How am I supposed to do my yeah, other job? Yeah, I've got another job during the day. Like, how am I supposed to chase three people to sign a contract? It's like, well, that's actually why you got paid this much is you have to drop everything yeah. and find a way to get all three signatures. You are signatures. in service to yeah. these people. And if you can't coordinate to get it done electronically, that's on you. And hey, by the way, that's how we all did it four years ago and every year before that. So interesting thing I learned in Vegas, our, uh, my friend Jesse Peters works in Winnipeg. Digital signatures are not legal in Winnipeg. Dinosaurs. And apparently it's been on the legislation forever, but the government keeps changing and it's just nobody's priority to get done. Like it's just been waiting there. When they deal with multiple offers, 
they are not allowed to even accept an electronic contract, let alone get digital. You can't email a PDF? You cannot email in Winnipeg. What about fax? I think faxes are okay. Because they're dinosaurs. But their actual rules for multiple offers is you can host it at your office. You can host it at the listing. Each agent has to, before the deadline, deliver you the offer in a sealed envelope, which you as the listing agent are not allowed to open until you are presenting the offers. See, that's just a poor, that's poor public service. It's terrible. Like, oh, like, no, I want this agent to have to read 14 offers on the spot and yeah. not have any time to yeah. think about this, digest. Imagine telling a lawyer, hey, when you go to court, yeah. I just need you to show up. And when you show up, I'm going to give you the 200 pages yeah. that you're going to use to make your client's case. Yeah, it's garbage. When you get to court. Yeah. Nonsense. No prep work is allowed. <laughs> no, we don't ever. want you preparing to do a good job. And I get why they're doing it. They they don't want the agent to be able to start playing each other off until everybody's had the chance. But it, uh, I, I agree with you, Matt. I do not believe it is a service to the sellers or anyone, really. Let me see. Oh, I got another one. How do I check for permits? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when I hear a question like that, it's just really disappointing that people don't, agents don't have a mentor. We talked about that over and over and over again in that episode. One of the biggest flaws yeah. of getting into real estate is you got to find your mentor. Like imagine being like like that, like you want to become a plumber, an electrician. Yeah. And they're like, okay, so we taught you like the basics, the real fundamentals. Now you can go out there and you can change people's pipes at their house. They're like, how do I open a permit? Mm. Oh, no, yeah. no. You just got to figure that out on your own. Yeah. It's why they have apprenticeships. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, that's one of those things that still, still baffles the mind, but hopefully your brokerage has some kind of training. And <laughs> well, I guess this is what this was, this is all about. I guess but, he created the group to ask the yeah. question, but like, oh well, my I gosh. Mean, I mean, yeah, this is literally a group for people to okay. get yeah. help. Okay. So let's uh, answer the question. So, How do I check for permits? Well, I guess the old school would be city hall. You can you go there in person. Go there in person. That's There's where the permits exist. Communi- communities have, um, stuff online now on the interwebs. Yeah, um, they have that. In Toronto, yeah, most every Toronto. city municipality yeah. has an, an some, online some interface that any public member can... can go to. Now, the permits you see there will not be an extensive list of permits on the house, though. Yeah, it's typically structural permits. I I still go down to city hall, but city hall is also I don't have to be running all over the city. Mm-hmm. Our office is like two blocks, and New West has all the permits, which is uh, pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, I, I go down to city hall. That's where I go. Yeah. Next question. All right, what do we got here? Oh, th- this actually was an interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> what advice do you give to your buyers prior to their first tour on how they should view homes? Ooh, we've talked about this yeah, in past we have. episodes. Yeah. Okay, let's try to boil it down to like something really concise. Yeah. The first thing that I really try to remember to say now, because it's new and because it, it's not part of my old like stereotypical dialogue yeah. is by the way, remember homes with like young people typically have uh, webcams for their kids or whatever. And what you say mm, could, be, one, could yeah. be seen or recorded. Just keep that in the back of your mind. If you love the house and, and the same thing goes, of course, if the agent is there, it's good advice, you know, don't, yeah. don't start saying about everything you loved about the house and that you want to buy it right now. If there's anybody who might be listening, I always <laughs> use the analogy of poker, right? Like if we're writing an offer the other agent is our opponent. I don't want you to think of them as hostile, but we're kind of playing poker with them. So just keep it to yourself. Keep a poker face. <laughs> if you love it, we'll talk about that 
after <laughs> we eat for sure. Yeah, yeah I talk frequently talking about just the process of searching and how it's important to. Yeah, for me, like I, so a lot of people kind of get stuck, especially when the market shifts and where you just clients go to open houses, but just being there and going through and talking through, like, what are some of like the deal breakers? Because sometimes they're they're warranted, and so other times like you don't this will be every, you said you want something new. Like if we're dealing with condos, you want something new that bedrooms are going to be small or so some of these things, but just being able to kind of talk through it. Yeah, um, it's good advice. And, and condition of buildings. Like, especially if you know that you're dealing with somebody who's, they're going to be buying a 30, 40 year old building. Um, and if they're expecting like, Oh, this building, they haven't done the roof. Like sometimes people get really stuck on that. And, and so just setting the table for them, prepping them that, there, each one of these buildings is going to have something coming up. You don't just do plumbing yeah. and windows and roof all at the same time. They happen sort of at, at, at different different stages in in the uh, the building's life. Um, don't get too too caught up on that. Yeah, I think one thing I like about this question is that as a new agent, this agent has already figured out that they should be having a pre tour conversation, before conversation <laughs> that you you should set the table as we're always saying I should help coach them. Yeah, sure. and and one thing I really make sure to say to every single buyer I work with is that it's really important to think of buying real estate as a process of elimination yeah. rather than selection and you do kind of have to see the bad ones to appreciate the good one. I could show you the best home in New West today, but you won't know unless you've seen enough that you're like, "Oh, okay, I I get why this is better than yeah. everything else. Yeah, you really need that perspective. And to that point, ideally, when you're doing your first few tours, you want to be showing more than one property. Yeah. Right? So if you're setting them up. So when I'm looking at that, I'm setting them up and going, well, if I'm going to be showing three, four properties, if it's a condo, it might be a little faster, but you're waiting for access. And with their houses, they're obviously bigger and you may be walking around the yard. So that takes time. And I, you don't want it to turn into a two and a half hour ordeal. It's two hours is where I like to cut it off. I, it, I like to try and get four. It becomes too much, yeah. right? Like people get exhausted. They don't think that they'll get tired, but they get yeah. tired. They've had enough. Like they yeah. kind of don't want to. So you as the agent need to guide that and you need to say to them, Hey guys, like I'm, I'm excited. We're going to see three or four, uh, but to keep us on track and I've scheduled appointments, we do need to be on time yeah. is we're going to be in and out in about 15, 20 minutes. And that might seem a little fast for some, it might seem a little slow for others. Um, but if there's one you really like, of course, we'll go back and we'll see it again and spend all the time you need to dig into it. And I think that's helpful. Otherwise, yeah, I notice like rookie agents, like they're all over the map with appointments. Like, oh, we're running half hour behind. Nah, like yeah. you do sort of need to guide the clients through to be like, I know you guys like this one, but like, let's go see the other ones. We can come back. We'll come back. Right. Yeah, and if you don't like it, just tell me. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> If you're like, that's important I really too. Like, hate this unit, like, but let's go through all the rooms and open the closet. It's like, nope. You know let's what? Leave. Yeah, and and really important to establish with your buyers. Like, I'm on team buyer. It's not my job to convince you to buy a specific home. Like, I'm here to represent your best interests and to help you find the best thing. And and you know, Matt, I've heard you many times talk about the beauty of this sales job versus every other sales job is you don't have to push one product. You can find what's right. Uh, This was actually, yeah. How are we doing on time? Yeah. You got guys got time for a couple more. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to skip. There was a really stupid one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We want to answer. Read it. We want to answer. Well, here's the one that really annoyed me. How do I speed up slow buyers? And this is not what you were talking about, about they're taking too long viewing. (laughs) This is like... How do I close them? How do I close? Which we talked about in the episode on why new agents fail. Yes. 
You sorry, you want me to answer that question or you're just saying it's a bad question? I was just annoyed oh. by by it. Um and yeah, we could spend it's, it's an a, hour. It's, it's a poor take on the question, right? Yes. Slow buyers. Well, no, they're they're not slow. They need to be educated. Yeah, I, I think that the totally. That I guess what annoys me about it is they're probably not slow. Like we all notice that the slow quotation mark buyers end up with the rookie agents. And a lot of times they're not slow. They're they're not being given the right information to help them make a decision that's in their best interest. Yes. Go back to how new agents fail. Episode. Yeah, we got a whole episode yeah, on that there's one. There's a good so. dive on that one. I think yeah. Matt wins for like longest – because some of Matt's clients, you've had some of the longer sort of closes. I've had um, two-year like cycles from introduction to deal need, done. Yeah, you, had, you need to interpret interpret what's happening there though because yeah, yeah. you're in the friend zone where it's just like you're going out every weekend just because it's a fun thing to do and they like hanging out with you. Right. Um, there's a problem there. They're not getting the message. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I think two things happen. I think as you become more seasoned – you ask the right questions that help guide them. You provide the right information. That's kind of one. And two, you also recognize the people who maybe the motivation isn't isn't there, and you you select people who are going to be a better fit. Um, Jer, this one's for you. Is this a zinger? Is this the last one? No. Okay. Uh, this is this is the penultimate question. Um, can I install a fireplace in my condo? For sure. <laughs> Why not? They've got these Amish ones. They're electric. You plug them in, and Bob's your auntie. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. No, probably not. I don't even think we have wood. We had. There's a few like older condos with have that have like wood. wood I imagine they may be talking like gas insert. I I mean they didn't clarify, but the reason I threw it to you was I was imagining putting in a gas fireplace. I totally put a gas fireplace. <laughs> I, I live in a townhouse, and and I totally put a gas fireplace in, but I have my own gas bill, and yeah, yeah. And if you don't have, if you have gas in your condo unit, it's probably because you've got a stove, and a lot of times they're not metered separately; they're De- just part of the strata, and the strata is probably not going to want you. Uh, yeah, definitely let them know that they're going to need to go through strata to do that, right? Like. Well, and generally you can't if there wasn't one already because you need yeah. to vent that out, which is cutting a hole in the building. And most yeah. stratas say, no, we yeah. don't let you cut holes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you can actually make a case though. It depends on the strata and how they look at things because... Yeah. But if everyone's footing the bill for that gas, they're not Yeah, not going to like it. No. Okay, last question. For Jeff. Oh, well, you can ask me one, but last question for you guys. Um, what should be on my pre-listing checklist? Well, that's a detailed one. <laughs> Come it, on. it, it's lunchtime. <laughs> Sorry, my pre-listing checklist. What, what kind of language is he using? He means like, I have the client, we've signed a listing. What do I do before it goes to MLS? I think so. Okay. Pictures right up, feature sheets. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think one of the important things is, again, I'm, I'm happy this person realizes they should have a pre-listing checklist like a system. Do you guys have what let, let's shorten it because my stomach's growling too. What's something on your pre-listing checklist that you bet most buyer or rookies wouldn't think of? Google drive for, for documents, for properties. Um, oh yeah. So, so just you create like a virtual listing folder, basically a shared folder to, to be share. able to share with other agents who are interested. Right. So it's got any, relevant documents and we've got our organize your showings. We've got showing sheets in there. Yeah, That's not a shared document. Um, 
Just know you're just like agents a tool or something. Yeah. Um, so you might not want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you do want to have a mechanism to be able to track your showings and feedback. And that that's kind of huge. Stuff, right? So Whether so that's a physical book or Google Sheets or whatever, yeah. you ha- have to be tra- tracking I th- your feedback. And having a plan for your communicating with with your, depending on the market, depending on how things are going, maybe you don't need a full plan, but if it's, if it's, well, at least you need to know how they want to be contacted. All three of your people on title. If it's your <laughs> Do I got to uh, be running around town? It may be make, it maybe it's a, a group chat. Uh, like if it's a messages or, or Google, um, Android group chat or whatever, or, or like WhatsApp. Like WhatsApp? Yeah, yeah. If you have people on multiple flat platforms, but those are really good to get the communications going. Um, knowing what to expect. Like, are we, are we, you know, is it vacant? Like, do I just need to let you know at the end of the week? Like, we've done about seven showings this week, and we're doing an open house. Um, or do I need to be confirming those? But and what's right. the quickest way? So you aren't chasing all three of those people down. Does someone have veto? But just outlining the the kind of communication schedule. I think what a new agent may not consider because they'll get a lot of tips on how to do stuff before showings start, and right. they'll, they'll take they'll pick and choose what works for them. But what everybody needs to do and may not consider is explaining to your seller how and when to leave the home for a showing. Mm, yeah. Especially depending on the time of year. Like if it's a cold time of year, make sure the house is warm. Yeah. Right? Leave all it's the cold lights cold in Toronto. <laughs> you know, like right. I, I, it's because they don't realize, the seller certainly, how much it can negatively impact a showing when somebody walks in. and The place can be so cold. The house is cold. Right? Like you can't warm it up in yeah. 10 minutes. Like, yes, I arrived 15 minutes early for the showing, but like, right. I can't get the house warm yet. What's yeah. wrong with this house? Why is it so cold? Does it have enough insulation? What, is there something happening here? Yeah. And just if it's having lights on or having things tidy, like how you want things, how you think it's best going to present the home. So I, I think that's good to give your clients a little checklist almost to be ready for that. Yeah, I, I, I give clients at the listing period a get ready for listing checklist, but included in that is a short, hey, before every showing, here's the mini checklist of the things you should do. And it's exactly that, right? Like make sure you're out of the house at least 15 minutes before the showing time, blah, 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 blah. Leave the lights on, leave the curtains open keep the heat on, like all of these things. Yeah, th- things, yeah. but I noticed for sure rookie agents don't know totally. to tell their clients that and you walk into listings and you go like, oh man, like this is really making a poor first impression and the house isn't yeah. bad, but we're just, we're starting from a place of negativity. So like, hope yeah. we could learn something from that. Awesome. Well, I hope, I hope that was valuable to people. I hope you guys had fun with our uh, <laughs> rookie questions. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for uh, listening. And if you want to reach Matt or Jer, you can find them at uh, thenewwestguys.com. If you want to get a hold of me, Jeff, I'm at realestatenewwest.com. Thank you very much. <laughs>